Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Matthew Grant here, CEO of Instec. And as I'm recording this, we are enjoying 27 degrees Celsius, that's 80 degrees Fahrenheit here in London, so climate is very much on our mind. And it is for our guests too this week, David Schmidt from Cyclone Modeler Rias and Brian Espy of Kettle. Now, both companies have emerged in the last few years and are now collaborating to offer new forms of insurance in the US, including using parametric insurance structures. Henry Gale, one of our senior researchers at Instec, is your host this week. And you can find out more about climate modeling and parametric insurance from our website, www.instec.co, and information about what we're offering other insurers and technology companies to help with collaboration and partnership. That's it for me. Here's Henry. David Schmidt, Head of Parametric Products at Reask. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. Now, your co-founders, Thomas and Nick, were on the podcast in 2021. I've just seen their podcast have more than a thousand downloads. And you're joined this time by Brian Espy. You're the Chief Underwriting Officer at Kettle. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Henry. Glad to be joining you. So I'm going to start with you, David. Reask, you were founded in 2018, and you're specialized in providing models and data to help companies understand natural catastrophe risks, particularly tropical cyclones such as hurricanes. And the company's offerings include catastrophe modeling, near-term forecasting, uh, and wind metrics after a hurricane for event response and parametric products. David, what have I missed there? Yeah, well, this was a certainly good overall description of of RIOSC. We tried to redefine the boundaries of risk modeling based on the understanding of what has been produced before us already. Many at RIOSC have experienced with the large model vendors as well. That's where we have learned about their strengths, but also their limitations of the models. So David, what does RIOSC do differently from the other modeling companies? In general, our approach is that we look into the past, not to replicate, but to understand. Because today's risk is not the past and tomorrow's risk is not the present. That's why, in our opinion, the only way to get it right is try to understand the physics behind tropical cyclones. So far, it's tropical cyclone wind only, but the flood component of the tropical cyclone is on the way with a collaboration we have with Fathom. Our models are based on machine learning algorithms, which explicitly connect the physical drivers of hurricanes, such as sea surface temperature, sea level pressure, wind shear and steering flow. And what that means is that we can feed into our model any kind of climate patterns, such as or the El Nino, La Nina phenomenon or other climate signals. And based on that, our model creates a representative stochastic event set for the condition that we feed into our model. And that is why we are so flexible in transforming different climate conditions into tropical cyclone activity for today's climate, for the next season or for in 20 years time. Brian, you're here representing Kettle and Kettle's a reinsurance MGA founded in 2020, underwriting climate risks with a parametric approach. And you started with wildfire risk in California and you're now expanding into hurricanes in Florida, which we're going to talk about in this podcast You've raised nearly $30 million to date. Uh, what have I missed there? No, I think that's all accurate, Henry, and a good intro to Kettle. Uh, the only thing I would add is, even though our 
approach does, I think, lend itself well to parametric products, which will be the focus of the conversation today. We do also offer coverage on a traditional basis and still working to expand the scope of the product offerings graphically anywhere where there are climate-affected risks. As listeners will probably have worked out by now, we're going to be talking about parametric insurance a lot on this podcast, and that's where claims payouts are triggered based on a pre-agreed event rather than an assessment of loss. So, David, you've worked in parametric risk transfer for quite some time. Can you tell me a bit about your background and how you came to work at RIASC? Well, my background is a geographer. I studied geography at University of Zurich and ETH Zurich. After my studies at university, I started as a catastrophe analyst with a small reinsurance company called Glaciery. I believe I was the last hire before they went into runoff. Their founding year was the year of Hurricane Katrina, Rita and Wilma. So they couldn't have started worse. And the earthquake Chile in 2010 ended the or short life of Glaciery. So all in all, a great experience where I've learned that risk modeling is not only fun, but also an important risk management tool to have your risks under control. So after Glaciery, I joined the Munich Regroup, where I spent nearly 12 years. I started there as a pricing actuary, netcat modeler in the property team. In 2015, I joined Capital Partners, department of Munich Regroup that handles all non-traditional PNC deals, including parametric insurance. I became quite quickly one of the core experts for parametric not-cut deals within the group, where I worked with a lot of parametric startups. And after one call with the founders of Riosk, I could immediately recognize why Riosk is different than, than uh, also the other startups and the other model vendors. I've seen from a personal point of view, everything was like a great, great match. They were looking exactly for someone like me who could make the link between science and the business world. And I was fascinated by their approach of representing the climate with their model, which is clearly the heart of the company. David, you spent time at Munich Re. Brian, you've also recently left a large company to join Kettle, a startup. Tell me a bit about your background. Sure. So like David, I actually started out on the risk modeling side. I began my career working in Atlanta with an R&D subsidiary for Tokyo Marine. That led me to working with other Tokyo Marine companies around the world particularly in Bermuda with Tokyo Millennium Re. was traveling back and forth between Bermuda and Atlanta for a number of years before they convinced me to make the move here to Bermuda full-time in 2014. That gave me the opportunity to transition from the risk modeling side to more of an underwriting role. And then in 2019, when Renry acquired Tokyo Millennium, I made the move to Fidelis at a time when that was still a smaller company, but looking to grow. And I was able to spend a few years uh, working with the North American reinsurance team, leading that catastrophe-heavy book. And it was a great experience. But after a few years and, and seeing a lot of growth and success there, I uh, wanted to try to get back into a smaller company where could leverage my underwriting experience, but maybe harken back to some of my risk modeling roots. And I think Kettle provided a unique opportunity to do that. Uh, joining at a time when I did here where Kettle had spent much of their first few years building out the modeling platform really provided me a nice opportunity to come in and hone the product design to find the best 
product market fit for client needs on both the reinsurance and the insurance side. And it's great to have you both on this podcast together. There's a reason for that. David, without going into too much detail, could you give a sort of overview of what is it that Reask and Kettle have worked on together and what you want to talk about today? So we are providing cutting-edge data to enable Kettle to create their insurance product for tropical cyclone risks in Florida that currently doesn't exist in the market, but is urgently needed. So what we provide is high-resolution probabilistic data to price. We provide the wind field to settle the payout 24 hours after an event. We provide the full historical catalog of our wind fields back to 1950, where you can backtest any kind of structures. We also provide data where cattle is able to monitor their accumulation profile. That's what we deliver to them, that they can create a product based on that. Great. So, Brian, tell me a little bit about the reason why you've created this parametric hurricane product for Florida. What problem have you created this product to solve? Yeah, I'm sure we could probably spend the whole hour here talking about the uh, long list of problems that have plagued Florida in the recent years. Beyond the obvious advantages of most parametric products providing event transparency and fast payouts, the product that we've been able to design utilizing Reask's model and data allows for reduced uncertainty for capacity providers post-event. So a very transparent and quick event resolution that fixes the severity and eliminates some of the long tail that we've seen on Florida cat events in recent. And at the same time, for buyers and cedents, I think we're allowing them to use their own view of risk, which I find is increasingly important and attractive to buyers, particularly in Florida, where people are underwriting with their own standards. They want their data, their view of risk to be reflected in the reinsurance that they buy. And Kettle's product allows them to determine the recoveries that they feel they'll need post-event and fix those recoveries. So again, it's very transparent for both buyers and capacity providers. So this is a reinsurance product. It's for companies that are underwriting business in Florida and struggling to get the reinsurance that they need from the traditional market. Why are they struggling? Yeah, again, I think that the capacity providers are not so much afraid of the hazard. They are more concerned with the vulnerability and the uncertainty on that vulnerability that is brought in by a social inflation environment where, let's face it, we've seen on losses in recent years, there's a component that goes well beyond just specific property damage that is just not in the scope of catastrophe models that makes it very difficult for capacity providers to price for it. I think I mentioned the the AOB and and litigation already. I generalize it as a form of fraud that is unfortunately pervasive in Florida. And the, the Florida legislation has made steps to address that more recently and will hopefully be less of an issue in future events. But I think in the current market, there's still value on both sides of the buyers and capacity providers 
to fixing the severity and eliminating the uncertainty on that vulnerability side. So let's get into how the product works. So rather than being an indemnity-based reinsurance product that depends on the losses suffered by the insurer who's buying reinsurance, you've got a parametric approach. How does the trigger work? What makes a payout happen? It's basically a predefined wind speed at the location. If that is met or exceeded, a predefined payout is triggered. And this can apply to one location or in the case of catalyst can be applied to many locations to an entire portfolio. And it's pretty simple to understand this concept. If you think of virtual anemometers, wherever you have a location to be covered, our wind maps always report the maximum winds during an event at any location in the world. And they report that in a consistent manner as opposed to like um, physical anemometers who can break down or collapse and the structure can collapse where they are mounted to. So that's a way how we look at our data that is reported in the aftermath of an event and defines whether a payout is due or not. Yeah, and we'll go into more detail later on about how your data works, but I like that vision of a virtual anemometer. It's like a physical device that measures wind, but you're able to do that using your modeling. So Brian, how does it work in the Kettle product? Because you're not just triggering a payout based on the wind speed in one place, are you? It's a bit more advanced than that. Yeah, that's right, Henry. So we're allowing buyers to predefine a recovery amount for any square kilometer grid in the state of Florida, and then triggering a multiple of that recovery amount based on the wind speed experienced in that grid for any given hurricane. So specifically, if I'm an insurance company buying reinsurance, how do I choose that recovery amount at different locations? What does it look like in practice and why does it help me? In our experience to date, most of the clients that we've worked with are using a internal view of risk, perhaps based on a traditional vendor model to help them estimate the likely severity on their own exposures in any given grid. Um, so whether that is a model from RMS or Verisk, with whatever customizations you have, you can provide us with an estimate of the recovery that you think you would need post-event at a grid level. And then we can using the hazard frequency, build a pricing curve from there and figure out a excess of loss layer that fits best within your broader reinsurance purchase. So if I understand correctly, the whole state of Florida, you've divided it into one kilometer squares, and then you're measuring the wind speed at each of those squares, how much that insurer expects to lose if there's a certain wind speed in those grids adding all that up and then applying an excess or deductible to that so that it fills a certain amount of the reinsurance cover. Exactly. So we use a third-party calculation agent to go through that exercise using the RIAS data to sum up the event loss across all of the affected grids and then apply an XOL layer to determine the final payout for the seeding. How does this differ from products that are already out there, the reinsurance products covering Florida hurricane risk. Parametric insurance has, has a couple of advantages. First one is definitely that it's much faster when it comes to a payout. 
It's much more transparent in, in terms of there is no subject or human judgment behind for the claim settlement process. Uh, it's much more flexible in terms of meeting any budget constraints. But there are many other parametric solutions out there in the market as well. And how we differ there is, is basically our parametric approach is intensity-based and differs substantially from so-called cat-in-a-circle product, which usually trigger if a carry cane enters a predefined geography. They care only of the distance to the eye of the hurricane. The problem with that is that next to the eye, a storm has also a heart, which stands for the location of the maximum winds. And this is not the same place as the eye of the hurricane. And the hurricane has also legs, which stand for the spiral rain bands, where you have severe thunderstorms. They can occur up to 500 miles away from the eye, as we have seen with Hurricane Gilbert 1988. The distance to the storm track is not a very good approximation if you want to look at the hazard at the location. That there is actually from NOAA, paper published in 2005. It's called the Hurricane Basics. And they write on the very first page, do not focus on the eye or the track. So you cannot just apply a static structure to such a system and then expect that it really um, matches your actual suffered losses. You mentioned NOAA, though. that's the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration in the US, if I got that right. Yes. And I really like that quote, don't focus on the eye or the track. But actually, a lot of parametric hurricane policies have focused on where is the hurricane? How strong is it? You've got something here which is much more about how does the hurricane affect an insurer's portfolio and what does that portfolio look like? Brian, do you have anything to add to that, uh, you know, about how this compares to other products that are out there? I would also add that Oftentimes we see this type of product compared to other index products in the market, uh, like county-weighted in industry loss products or state-weighted industry loss products. But what we find is that those types of ILWs or industry loss warranties are not as granular as what we're able to provide. And rather than using a buyer's own view of risk to determine the recoveries they may need, they're using a market share basis or a modeled market share against an industry loss. And then often that industry loss is indexed to a provider like PCS or Perils, and the sedent buyer is then tied to the reporting pattern of that index uh, provider. And so I think in multiple ways by allowing the sedents to use their own view of risk and then by understanding the trigger within 24 hours post-event allows us to make a more bespoke payout within likely seven days of the loss. So you mentioned that if you're using an industry loss warranty product that pays out based on how much the whole insurance industry has lost in a specific area, you're tied to the reporting pattern of perils or, or PCS. What do you mean by that? Do you mean that there's a time lapse between when that's reported compared to your parametric product? Yeah, so often what you'll see is the reporting period on those ILW products is two or three years because you have to give the index provider like a PCS or perils time to report on that event and let the loss develop. 
Um, so the sedent, the buyer, often won't have certainty on their payout for two or three years post-event. And that's an issue that complicates their own ability to pay claims in a timely manner and can create cash flow issues for those sedents. So there's certainly a, an attraction in a product that allows you know for full payment within a week of the event by using the RIAS data that is within 24 hours of the final event report. So David, tell us a little bit more about the data. How does this wind speed index work? What data are you taking in from where? We use data that, that we gathered from the National Hurricane Center. The publicly available data that is reported, such as position and maximum wind speed of a track, uh, that is just not sufficient to get the whole picture of how the winds are distributed within a system. We also add aircraft reconnaissance data. And this is data from planes that really fly into the storm. And they have some drop zones, which, which they throw into the storm. They measure the pressure. And with that, they can reconstruct the wind field and see where actually the maximum winds are occurring. And with that data, also with the help of satellite data that is provided on a real-time basis, we can then feed our machine learning algorithm. This machine learning algorithm has basically been created by one of our co-founder, Thomas Loridan, who has published a well-known scientific paper back in 2017 about exactly this algorithm, how he trains that based on more than 200 numerical high-resolution simulations based on the weather research and forecast model WARF. And that's where we have learned how the winds are distributed within a system, depending on exactly those parameters that we can gather at the moment when there is an ongoing event. So the, the machine learning algorithm takes all of those data points and then you're able to produce a maximum wind speed at, at any location anywhere uh, within Florida in this case. Yes, that's right. We we can basically model at any place during that event the maximum suffered wind speed. And we can also determine where the maximum wind speeds within the systems exactly were located because that's where you see the highest losses. And it's quite difficult to get that right. You have no chance to get this position right if you just look at the publicly available data, um, such as position and maximum or like the position of the eye of the storm and the maximum wind speeds. But there is no information related to that report, reported data that tells you where those maximum winds occur. With recent hurricanes like Hurricane Ian, have you noticed anything interesting about where those maximum wind speeds are in the hurricane? That's actually a, a very interesting hurricane because that shows again that it's not enough to reflect a complex system like a hurricane by just looking at how far away a risk is located from the storm's eye. If you just look at the publicly reported data, you have no idea of how the winds within the system are distributed. And there are attempts to model the wind field by using simple wind field model. The issue with that is that they have very static and symmetric behavior, which you also see in their unnatural wind field plots. 
So it does not capture the individual characteristics of a storm. For example, usually the users of such simplified wind field models, they just put the maximum wind to the 90 degrees to the right hand side of the track on the northern hemisphere. And with Ian, a simple wind field model would have been completely wrong because with Ian it was special that the position of the maximum wind speeds were on the left hand side. And we got that position correct thanks to exactly those aircraft reconnaissance data that we used to enrich our initial input data. So how do you deliver the wind speed data that you're producing to a company like Kettle? So for Kettle, we deliver the data on an API interface so they can just download after an event the, the settlement data. As well for their pricing, it is all API-driven. And Brian, you are using React's data for your pricing and for eventually settling these contracts as well, based on what React tells you the wind speed is. That's what's going to determine the payout. So how did Kettle get comfortable enough with this data to use it for your insurance product? We have a team of data scientists, uh, machine learning engineers, who are responsible for building our wildfire model and they spent several weeks validating the REASC tropical cyclone model, both from a pricing perspective and looking at post-event data, calibrating and validating against third-party sources. And I think we found that the margin of error was well within acceptable levels and superior to other products that we evaluated over the same period. And what made you want to work with REASC in the first place? I think REASC as a, a company shares a similar ethos as Kettle, built up to use today's technology, deep learning, machine learning, and AI to try to better tackle the challenges posed by climate-affected risks. And I think we all recognize that some of the traditional vendor models relying on just decades of historical data are not fully capturing today's events being affected by the changing climate. And so being able to bring a different approach that is really enabled by today's technology is something that we had done with our initial wildfire model. And when we saw that REASC was taking the same approach with Tropical Cyclone, it just felt like a really good fit for a partnership. And David, uh, for your side, what has your experience been like working with the team at Kettle? Cattle, they, they were fast moving, it's an innovative team, they, they're very smart and they have, a, as Brian said, a very similar approach as we have. They always challenge everything. They ask back until they understood the last detail and they know what, what we do as they also build their own machine learning based models for wildfire. So it was really an exchange and discussions on, on eye level. And that's also why I think it was uh, quite an, uh, an efficient endeavor that we have done. Brian, clearly a lot of work has gone into developing this product. Now you're taking it to the market. Do you have any brokers or clients that you're already starting to work with? Yes, we've had good conversations with all of the major brokers and are in the early stages of evaluation with a number of clients. What I would say, the initial interest has mainly come from, I'd uh, say, domestic insurers in Florida and their captives. But we think that the product design lends itself to 
insurers of, of any size and even reinsurers who may want to consider the product for a retrocessional purchase. What sort of things are people switching to Kettle's reinsurance away from? Are they companies that have bought ILW's industry loss warranties in the past or traditional reinsurance? What are you finding so far? I think that's right, Henry. Companies that have bought ILW's or county-weighted industry loss warranties in the past uh, are maybe seeing that those products are not reflecting their risk at a granular level. And a product like Kettle is offering can allow them to just choose a more customized view of risk and align better with their own recoveries to ultimately reduce the basis risk over those other index products. I should add, add, Henry, that even though we focus the rollout for this product on Florida, which we think is the greatest area of need, uh, we feel like if it works there, that it could work elsewhere in the U.S. and even internationally. David, it's great to have you on the podcast again uh, with Reask. We're very grateful to have Reask as a corporate member of Instech. Why does Reask work with Instech? Well, Instech is, is clearly the best platform to exchange and learn on innovative solutions. There is no comparable platform that has a better overview of what is going on. Also for me as a head of parametric products for the parametric market, I, mean, I really like the reports that you publish about the parametric market. So it is a must for us uh, to be an Instech member. And we're especially grateful for you recording with us today, David, because I believe it's your birthday. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're right. Happy birthday, yeah. David. Compared to the other birthday celebrations you're doing, how does being on the podcast compare? I postponed the celebration to after the podcast recording. After that, I start to celebrate and take a beer. So fun. I've not really celebrated yet. <laughs> okay, well, maybe if you get more downloads than your Rias colleagues, that will be a birthday present that our listeners can give you. Yeah, <laughs> let's see. So, Brian, David, have you got any books that you recommend our listeners read? One that I read recently that's on topic here is called A Furious Sky. Uh, it's by Eric J. Dolan. The, the subtitle is A 500-Year History of America's Hurricanes. And even as someone who's worked in the business for a long time, I learned a lot from not only his, his retelling of the events themselves, but it was also really interesting from a historical perspective just to understand how they shaped the history of America. Very relevant. Uh, and David? Yeah, well, it has, has really nothing to do with hurricanes. It is called The Inner Game of Tennis from Timothy Galway. It was already published back in the 1972. And it's probably the, the only tennis book not including the name Roger Federer, which is a flaw, but it's still a great book because it can also be applied to like general life as it's about um, relying on, on your body when you play tennis and refrain from constantly giving yourself instructions and trying too hard to get it right it's more about just letting go trust yourself and that's basically also what we do at Riosk. there you go Rele relevant to catastrophe modeling and tennis and brian and david for, for each of you how can people get in touch if they want to learn more about your companies and the products that you've worked on together sure i would say just visit our website it's ourkettle.com and you can obviously find all of our contact information on there but also see more of a background on the company itself, our wildfire modeling and our expansion into other perils. 
Same for Riosk. Please just consult our website where you find all the email addresses or over LinkedIn. Otherwise, we also have offices in, in London, in Zurich, in Australia, soon in, in New York to increase our US presence. So happy to also welcome you in, in one of our offices. Brilliant. Brian, David, uh, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. We're delighted to be working with Riask and over 200 other companies supporting collaboration and partnerships between insurers, modelers, technology companies, and much more. If you are wondering how we can help you, then email us hello at instec.co. That's it. We're done. <laughs>